Welcome to the Narratives Podcast. It's oh, yeah. a podcast about biographies and people that we talk about every week. And, every uh, episode. It's two weeks. We start actually. recording before two we're week. What just happened? <laughs> it's fine. It was so spooky. <laughs> uh, today we are focusing on our Sunday specials, which is our um, our connected episodes in a way. This series, Connected Episodes, if you're listening properly, is about Isaac Newton and his, tra- well not his transition, sorry. He's Isaac transitioning. Newton. Isaac Newton and his ideas transitioning to that of um, Neil Armstrong getting us on the moon, essentially. So we're going from Isaac Newton to Neil Armstrong and we're getting to the moon. Yes. And we're, we're going to talk about a lot of scientific discoveries on the, along the way and that's why a lot of the episodes are going to be more focused on... Uh, and a little bit shorter than previously. Yeah, yeah. The first episode wasn't as short as I planned, but that's okay. I didn't mean to. I do also that got long. a little something for the end, so stick around. Oh, yeah. Doesn't so know about it yet. Yeah, here we go. All right, we have this episode. It's focused on uh, steam engines. Actually, this is Whoa. an invention that came out just around after Isaac Newton. Yeah, I remember. On. And um, that was crazy. It's it's really closely connected to rocket propulsion. Actually, if you didn't, if you didn't know, I didn't know. And if you do do know, and you're like, no, it's not. Then sorry, that was like, a, if you're like, no, it's not. Then uh, let me prove you wrong here. Yeah, you weeb. So um, the steam engine actually has a close relative to rocket propulsion, and it's called the Heroes engine. What? Yeah. The Heroes engine was designed all the way back into the first century AD, so 100. We're in 2000, 100. That's what we're going for. Wow. It was designed back then by the Greeks, essentially. So it was a simple motor um, with two opposite-facing jets, if you will, what? Um, uh, that when heated would propel steam, f- causing the ball to rotate. Oh. Um if that's confusing, then just Google Heroes Engine. You'll see a little diagram and maybe an animation of it moving. So, yeah. The torque produced is very similar to a jet's tip. So the very oh, same torque the tip they use the nip, huh? to get it to go is huh. the same that they use for a jet or a rocket. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Thomas Savory to start off. He was born in 1650. And what did he Ew. do? Well, he Yuck. built the first ever functioning steam engine. Yuck. But not really functioning that well. Uh, it wasn't yeah. really that big of a deal. If you said that, you'd be like, wow. But also, no, it's it's not that great. It's not like what we have now. No. In 1698, like Thomas Savory received a patent for a er, very early steam engine. Uh, this was the first of its kind. But its use wasn't much beyond draining water, actually. Oh, what? How do you even do that with a train? Oh, not a train. <laughs> it's not a train. It's a steam engine. It's just like a pulley system, basically. Well, not... Uh, anyway, his patent was described as, quote, a new invention for raising of water and occasioning motion to all sorts of millwork by the impolent force of fire, which will be of great use and advantage for draining mines, serving towns with water, and for the working of all sorts of mills where they have not the benefit of water nor constant winds. This patent, oh, yeah, that's a real benefit, constant wind. This patent was to last 16 years, but remarkably, Parliament passed a so-called Fire Engine Act, which furthered the patent 21 years. So an extra 21 years on top of the 14. It covered all engines that raised water. Oh. And uh, by fire. And so, like, if it produced steam and was an engine, it was under that patent. So, yeah. His engine... Yeah, really. If that if that uh, quote on the patent didn't make a lot of sense, uh, I'll I'll just get into it. It's uh, it was only about one horsepower, 
It had no piston or moving parts, which is a main part of... Um, well, how did it get water out of pistons? places? Uh, it only had taps. So it was a fire engine with a kind of thermic siphon in which steam was admitted to an empty container and then condensed. So they put steam in and then they would just kind of like condense the steam and then the steam would pump out. And oh, that, and would pull and that the ejection water forward. Yeah, when the steam like... And that would away, start the siphon. That would kind of push the piston, I suppose, to make it move. Yeah. Right? Uh, the vacuum thus created was used to suck water from the sump at the bottom of the mine. So it was basically like, imagine imagine you had like a, a tire blower, right? Like you blow yeah. up tires. I don't know what those are called. <laughs> blower tires. An air pump? Yeah. You had an air pump, right? So you, no, you stick with blower tires. <laughs> yeah, blower tire. You have that and you hook it up to like some sort of, I don't know. I think you're over-explaining. It just, like, it, it created a vacuum, so there's, like, no air in this area, and that vacuum was then filled with water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Va- vacuums suck. Yeah, vacuums suck. Yeah. Get that Dyson. <laughs> Screw Dyson, actually, though. They're pretty anyway. cool, actually. I don't want to say that. I love you, Dyson. At, at me on Twitter. Yeah. So the fire engine had to be mounted within 25 feet of the water level, um, though it could... Uh, sorry, of the water level, though it could lift the water another 80 feet using positive Whoa. pressure. But that was it. Like, it could go up in the air, but it had to be 25 feet or else the water couldn't be sucked. Hmm. Yeah. As far as his personal life goes, though, Thomas oh, Savory was kicked out of Lord Admiralty's office because he was seen as a lunatic for thinking ships could be propelled without wind or oars. You're a dummy. Yeah. Uh, no one can do that. There isn't any real documentation on his life other than his patents, though. I mean, maybe with, like, a squadron of dolphins. I like to imagine... So, like, if we are if we were to put an imaginary sphere around this guy, right? So the narrative's imagined... Okay, so I like to imagine that he's, like, this pompous dude in school. All right, so he goes around school and he's like, I have all these great ideas. Tell me why so? Yeah, sure. And And everyone's like, you're literally just reading harry potter you're not that great and he's like i can do it so he goes out into the world oh but you might mean you're just reading harry potter but you mean he took something that was seen as like that could never happen and he actually yeah, did it yeah yeah it's a metaphor he's not just See? like reading philosopher's stone no he's not in 1600s that didn't exist anyway he goes out into the world and he's like i know what i'll do uh, I saw this French dude do a thing so i'm uh, i'm gonna do a thing as well and he makes this sort of like suck machine <laughs> that he calls a steam sucker. Yeah. Um, and he has like a bunch of friends and he goes out drinking, you know, on Fridays. And then on Saturdays, he like sobers up and he's like, I better prepare for church on Sundays and then prepare for church. And also worry about my steam sucking device. And so like he goes out. <laughs> Does he put quotation marks yeah, around it? My steam Every sucking. man needs a steam sucking device. And so, he, you know, he travels the streets and he's like, hey, I'm the man who div- made the steam sucker. <laughs> so you better me. know me you better at me yeah and then it, it gets built and he's like hell i'm rolling in the dough now i got a patent that everyone who builds something that makes steam now owes me, me money. money so bye-bye and then he doesn't really do anything after that he's like my machine's perfect what do i need to do we'd be great on drunk history yeah that'd be great someone called drunk history guy and at him yeah um 
so uh, another important name that I just sort of dropped was the French guy. Uh, his his name is actually Dennis Papin, or Papi, pa- Denis Papin. Denis Papin. Yeah, sure. He was a French physicist whose ideas gave way to Thomas Savory's inventions. Amazingly, he is the man who invented the pressure cooker. Ooh. Actually, yeah. Um, all the way all back right. in the 17th century, he invented the pressure cooker. This is going to be great for casseroles later. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? You can make rice kind of quick if you got like an hour. Yeah. Eh, never mind. He proposed the idea of a cylinder. Uh, You're dumb. That doesn't <laughs> Sorry. Go away. Cylinders? Piss off. This <laughs> it's a bit much, don't you think? Of a cylinder... A cylinder in the piston steam engine, but his di- his design was less than practical in any sense, so he couldn't basically make it work. So, as we know, pistons nowadays. Sorry, as we know, uh, pistons nowadays. If you're not aware, which you probably involve a, a cylinder, and there's like a, a little tiny empty space, and then either well, most of the time, it's gas is pushed into the cylinder, and the gas pressurizes the cylinder and pushes the cylinder upwards. Now, Denis Pepin had proposed that idea that it would work, but he couldn't figure out how to get it to work, probably because he just had like a... He was blowing steam into it. He was really like... <laughs> a crazy straw. Yeah. Crazy straw. So he couldn't figure out how to push this piston up. Anyway, that all gets solved later on, so don't worry about that. Um, His design, yeah, his, was less than practical. There was nothing really... He was never able to design anything, and uh, at the same time, Thomas Savory built his little piston engine thing, but it, it didn't really work. Uh, then along came Thomas Newcomen. I think Ooh, it's Newcomen. Oh, boy. Uh, N- new, like spelt new. N-E-U, sorry, N-E-W-C-O-M-E-N. <laughs> N-E-U. Yeah. Newcomen. He was uh, a new Thomas, basically, because Thomas Avery was doing that before. Anyway, uh, developed a more successful steam engine in 1712. Uh, this engine... Now had five ho- horsepower as opposed to the Whoa, one horsepower damn. of the previous engine, and it involved the first real piston. Uh, yeah, so I just explained the piston uses the vacuum to move, basically. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Newcomen was born sixteen sixty four in Dartmouth, Devon. Dartmouth. Dartmouth, Devon. Yeah, you just like say a Dartmouth. sweet town. Uh, he was born to a merchant family and was baptized on the 28th of February, that seems 1664. Irrelevant. Yeah. That's that's like literally all I could find about this guy. There was a common problem that he and Thomas Savory faced, which was the flooding and cold mines. He famously combined the ideas of both Thomas Savory and Denis Pepin to create the first practical functioning steam engine. Oh. It was built to lift water out of a tin mine. That was it. Yeah. Instead of like move trains forward. So... He sort of reversed Thomas Savory's design, who was using the vacuum, uh, the volume of the piston. Just imagine Thomas Savory's engine to be like a syringe. That's the best way I could find to analogize it. Oh, yeah. Where you, like, so the vacuum in the syringe. Yeah, it sucks it up. That's the vacuum um, to draw in water. This engine, Thomas, uh, Thomas Newcomen's engine, used the vacuum to draw steam in and push the piston up. So it was. It would be much more powerful if you were to push steam into the the syringe, and the syringe would go up by itself, as opposed to having to draw steam uh, water in. Yeah. Right. Manually. Yeah. So that's how we pumped water out. It would basically just like suck water up. And now he came up with this new idea that involved two different pieces. So the steam would go in, and then the water would kind of come up on its own using a pump system. Ah. Oh. Yeah. 
Clever girl. So it, it got rid of the water, yeah, by creating a pump at the bottom of the mine and using the up and down of the piston to push uh, to move the pump up and down, like a seesaw or a pump jack. Yep. Or actually, they use the same thing in uh, sump pumps nowadays. And you're, if you have a basement, um, I know not a lot of people have sump pumps, unless you're in like a heavy flooding area. But it basically prevents flooding of the basement because it just yeah. you know pumps the water out. So that's I've the same kind of design, lot. but my, no steam. My grandparents house <laughs> flooded a lot. I had a sump pump in my old house. Well, most houses actually have a sump pump. If if you're sorry, I say that, but that's because I lived in Airdrie for most of my life, and that was like a heavy flooding town. So I don't know. You, you if you go into your basement, you might have a sump pump. You might not. Ask your dad. Ask maybe if you are the call dad, your dad on the phone. No matter how old you are, I want you to call your dad on the phone right now. Be like, you got a sump? Yeah. See what happens. It's kind of fun. Worst case scenario, you reconnect with your pup. It's really weird because you can like fit inside one and like drown. It's weird. Why anyway, do you know this? Because I had a sump when pump. When did you and I was crawl like, wow, inside one? I could get really wet in this sump pump. Anyway. Hey. Hey. <laughs> come on. Uh, so after that, uh, Thomas Newcomen's life, there's not really a lot to say about it. He died, and and there wasn't a lot of documented history about Thomas Newcomen. I'm sure he would disagree, but for our sake. Well, okay. So let's do a, a pure conjecture of Thomas Newcomen, just like we did with uh, Thomas Savory here now. Uh-oh. Okay, so Thomas Newcomen. After he after he gets baptized, he's like, I better go to school. So I sh- guess I should. I'm only so, seven, but I yeah. guess I should. And he's one years old at this point. So oh, he goes damn, to, that was early. Sorry, he he like sits around to visit baby stuff for a little while, and then he's like, Well, I'm school time. So he goes to school. Well, I am school time. <laughs> so he goes to school, and he has a lot of fun in school. He's like hanging out with all his friends and stuff. But then a lot of his friends, you know, move on, and they're like looking they're at like, girls and stuff. Look at that weird kid over there. There's like one guy who's looking at a boy, steam. you know. And he's like, well, I'm going to design something to help these dudes in the mines. Because, oh, know, like in the my mines. cousin died in the yeah. mines. So in the mines. Drowned. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so he goes on and he's like building these little, he, he's got like a little a plunger. And he's like plunging water. And he's like, wow, this is kind of working. <laughs> plunging the water, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So he talks to his friends and they're all like, you're lame. You don't know what you're doing. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. And so he proves them wrong. That's his whole drive in life is to prove them wrong. So he goes forward and, and, he, and he graduates from school and grammar school and mathematics. And he, he learns about mathematics and stuff. And he's like, well, what can I do? I can build little models and then uh, pump stuff. And so he like builds a little engine and he pumps stuff. And that's it. And then in his later life, he like he, he's getting all this money because he pumps all, all this coal from, I mean, all this water from the mines. And so he's like, well... Finally, I could pursue that one dude in high school that I knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That got your attention, Eric. Uh, I didn't say anything. Uh, yeah. And he, and he gets real fancy with uh, with his new best friend. And it was Donald Glover. Yeah. Oh, that silken hair. 16th century Donald Glover. Same as probably like Perrier de yeah. So, yeah. The, um, the next 75 years... There wasn't a lot going on for the steam engine. Why would there be? Unfortunately. Most people aren't like, I'm going to be a steam engine. Yeah, there's like two people that did that at the point. And That's so, it. yeah. Um, it, it was basically never improved upon without a drastic whole change. Uh, John Smeaton, actually, a member of the Royal Society, just like Isaac Newton, oh. wrote a couple of papers and was a mechanical engineer and early physicist. He, like the rest, was an egghead and... Um, 
but not as much as, as Newton. He was a, his civil engineering in the 18th century. He created many bridges, canals, lighthouses, and harbors. Uh, he created larger and even more practical versions of New Cummins' engine hmm. through fine-tuning. That's not bad. So he built, like, mega versions. Yeah. So, like, well, well New Cummins was like, here's this five-horsepower one. This new guy was like, here's this three-five-horsepower one. Thirty-five? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Numbers are hard. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So it's it's just bigger, but uh, after that we got a real big big guy coming up. And, uh, can you guess what his name is? Um, James Ipsel Watt. Ford? No, oh. James Watt. He was influenced by Thomas Newcomb's engine, essentially, uh, and designed his Watt steam engine. What? <coughs> Sorry, the Watt steam engine, which was a great improvement on the engine. If you didn't know, also his name um, means. Sorry, his the watt as in the power is amperage, isn't it? No, no, it's or is watt. it current? No, neither. The watt, watt is an energy. I thought watt like was one point one watt. Yeah, I thought that was a measurement of. Yeah, measurement of energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, like watts. You use watts to how many watts does it create to light light a light bulb? Right, you know, general household light one. bulbs are eighty watts. Like you know. It's energy. All them watts and such and a small little... The reason mic. it's energy is because he created the the very most practical steam engine, the watt steam engine. Yeah. And so they needed some sort... Or he needed, I guess. I don't know. He he didn't really create it, but they attributed him to him. So that's how power, you know, watt, power, it's energy. Yep, you know, yep, yep. That kind of stuff. Carry on. So he um, was born in the 19th century... Sorry, no, 19th of January. Sorry, that makes more that. sense. That was a 19th of January, jump. 1736. The 18th century, so one off. Uh, born in Green Greenock, Renfrewshire. Greenwich? Renfrewshire. Green, green Auk. Like oh, green. I was thinking of Greenock Village. Auk. Grenfrewshire, which is in Scotland, anyway. Ooh. He was the son of a shipwright, ship Ooh. owner, and contractor, and also a local civic officer. Oh? That was his father. Sorry, that's not like he was the son of five of these people. <laughs> his father was all five of those. He was on sister wife. And his mother, Anya's, was a well-educated lady from Anya's? a distinguished family. Anya's. I don't like that name. Or Agnes. Agnes, yeah. Anya's, I don't know. Agnes? Oh. Wait a minute, Agnes. It's Agnes. Yeah, it's Agnes. Someone keep track. I thought Anya's was way prettier sounding. So, so just for everyone who's listening to all the episodes, has has listened to all the episodes, Tabitha, Kathy, and Agnes? Agnes? Agnes. Agnes? If you ask me, Anya's is way prettier than Agnes. I like Agnes. I'll name a daughter, brother, sister, husband. Yeah, you husband, really wouldn't. Agnes? Yeah. I'll name so anything Agnes. You you name like a hair that you found on the rug, Agnes. <laughs> oh my god, that's like a boil on the bottom of your foot. Yeah, it's a yucky. Anyway, Sorry, she was Agnes, a, a wealthy and educated lady. So obviously, uh, for most of his early life, James Watt, and he's the out of all of them, he's the most biographed. So we know a lot about James Watt. Uh, was schooled by his mother. His early life, he was schooled. Before he left to grammar school, where he was, he learned Latin, Greek, and mathematics. And simoleons. Yeah. Uh, a lot of his... No. Why'd you say simoleons? It's a fun language. You can actually learn the sim language if you want to. What? Why? I don't know it's why. It's not important to in the engine. 
a lot of his practical knowledge Sorry. of engineering. That was funny, though. Uh, comes from... Sorry, let me read. A lot of his practical knowledge of engineering comes from his father's workshops where he had his own tools, workbench, and even forge to make his models of cranes and ship instruments. Oh. I find it amazing that he had, like, a forge in his father's workshop. My father wouldn't even let me touch, like, his drill, let alone have, like, a fiery pit where you can melt metals. I remember when my dad, let me use the the table saw for the first time and I was like this is too much power for one man to <laughs> wield." Ah! Yeah. that's why I have no hands actually if you meet me in real life <laughs> it's gonna be a hard one to uphold yeah. anyway yeah there's no real segue out of that one it's just sad truth I guess 17 year old James Watt decided he wanted to be a mathematical instrument designer which sounds horrible why what that's what he was doing at, at 17 yeah he was like I want to design mathematical instruments if you're my own son, I'm going to give you a wedgie for that. <laughs> you wanted to design, like, compasses and stuff, you know? Get out of my fucking house. All right. Don't it's even, a, don't it's even a, look at me. Some money you got to put in the swear jar there. Uh, he went to Glasgow, where he was taught by one of his mother's relatives. Tim. Uh, Glasgow College, I think, or university. Uh, and in 1755, now 19, he found a master to train him in mathematical instrument designing. Mathematical. Yeah, mathematical. Or as they call it in England, maths. Great. Mathematics. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, apparently he fell ill before studying longer than a year, causing him to return to Glasgow, where he opened a shop in 1757 in the university. Because he was ill? Yeah. He, he was like, he couldn't. <laughs> well, guess I'm going to Scotland. <laughs> he couldn't keep studying anymore. Oh, because he had the black foot. Yeah, he, this was like, well, my medicine wasn't really that good back then either. It was like, here's a, some bark I found from a tree. Chew on that and maybe your cough will go away. I'm missing a foot. <laughs> I don't have a cough. What do you mean? My cough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> in 1764, James Watt made his finest achievement. Um, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you get to choose what his finest achievement was. So Option two things a. happened in 1764. James Watt married his cousin, where he had oh. six children with Margaret oh. Miller before she died nine years later. Miller. That's, That's option one. I'm going to pick option one. Option two. In 1764, he was repairing a model of the Newcomen steam engine, but was appalled by its waste of steam and sought to fix the issue. He designed a condenser that keeps the steam hot and it pumps it into the piston cylinder without the loss of heat. What was the what was his finest achievement? Making For sweet loving points. to his cousin. Dang. Times six, year. at least. We'll find out next In episode. In a year? What? These six, these six other cousins no. loving. <laughs> probably. Probably more like than six times out? in a year. Like 19, whatever they are on now and counting? Well, you did have 11 kids, so. Oh. But she had nine of them. That's probably why you needed to build a train. <laughs> Couldn't take them anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. So now he's got an engine that keeps steam hot, which which wasn't really a thing. It was a lot of fuel, so they had to just like constantly fill it with water. It was very inefficient. Yeah, very inefficient previously. And uh, now, now he had a new steam engine, basically. And in 1768, he entered into a partnership with John Roebuck. And the following year, Watt made his famous patent for, quote, a new invented method of lessening the consumption of steam and fuel in fire engines. Huh. So basically moved upon his the previous Thomas Savory patent. 
For the next eight years, Watt was busy marking out routes and canals in Scotland as a land surveyor, which is a very another odd job to take. Yeah. Like, who would want to just be that dude to be like... I want to build a compass and maybe one day look at some dirt and Please. survey it. I guess it's still dirt. And sell it for a canal. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's what you're doing. So, yeah, he wasn't doing a, a, a lot, so he, he didn't really get to work on his engine. He just kind of fixed it up, and he was like, that was neat. Now I I got a patent, I guess. So Yay. it left him too busy to work on his engine. But then in 1772, Roebuck went bankrupt. Oh, But no. the shares of the patent were bought up by Matthew Bolton, an English manufacturer and engineer. In 1774, reportedly bored with surveying land, as any what? person would be, yeah. James Watt moved to Birmingham. Or Birmingham yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. When, then, Watt's patented... Uh, patent, Watt's sorry. panties. <laughs> no. Then, Watt's patent was extended, and in 1775... <laughs> what? Then, Watt's panties were extended, is all I can no. think of. I'm sorry. And in 1775, he and Bolton began a partnership. Oh, it was in 1776 cute. that the first of Watts steam engines got. <laughs> All right. Did they move in together? No. <laughs> They're not that kind of partnership. Did they at least share a workshop? <laughs> yeah, probably. You've got to share a workshop. That's key to building a strong relationship. <sighs> it was in 1776 that the first of Watts steam engines were installed. So boy. One was for <laughs> pumping water in coal mines. Into coal mines? From coal mines. That makes more sense. In It was pumping water in coal mines, you know, pumping from the coal mine. It was, yeah. built, it was installed in a coal mine. That's what I was getting at. Yep. And the other acted as a bellows in John Wilkinson's ironworks. John Wilkinson is a famous iron dude. He also used it as a bedpan for many years. <laughs> and just engine? siphoned right out the window. What? Yeah. In 1776, he remarried and Anne McGregor bore him two more children. Which, which cousin? She was not his cousin anymore. Are you sure? He moved on from that territory. Once you go... Uh, cousin loving? You can't go back? I know, never mind. Know. You said it. I didn't say it. All right. There's no documented evidence of me saying it. There's documented evidence of you saying it. Yeah, it's literally forever in my brain. Forever? No, I could be quoted in like 70 years that I mm-hmm. said that. So. Yeah. Anything we say on this show, Damn. and it will be held against us in a court of law. Why would it be held against us in a court of law? What do we For do? For when we commit any, like any, what? I don't know. Like say <laughs> what? we commit a crime. That's that's what makes us, okay. Anyway, uh, he remarried. And after his success <laughs> That's the crime, off, remarried. Uh, after his success took off, uh, sorry, after this, his success took off. I was slurring. Many more time, uh, many more minds employed him. It was just a weird sentence. That's good. But he was eager to make deals in order to gain loyalty. So oh, he basically no. like undercut kind of thing. Yeah, that's you shouldn't maybe not. So he was like pushing for deals. Bolton saw this uh, wasn't generating enough capital. So yeah. that was really awkward. Bolton saw this wasn't generating enough capital. So he encouraged Watt to build an engine for the growing corn, malt, and cotton mill industry. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> For this, he designed the sun and planet gear. Yo, he designed the sun? <laughs> no. Damn. The sun and planet gear, uh, which produced two revolutions for each cycle of the engine. So oh. as opposed to just being one, it was now double efficient. Instead of being like chug, chug, it was like chug, 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 chug. Yeah. Double you chug. Got it. Yeah. 
After this, he invented what he felt was his best invention. The tri-chug. He patented the double-acting engine. <laughs> the double-acting engine. And fixed its problems of rigidness oh, with yeah. his parallel motion fix. Oh, hell yeah, he did. Four years later, he finished his engine when he added a pressure gauge, allowing for automatic control of the engine. Why was this his most important or mo- what he felt was his best invention? If you Google parallel motion engine or parallel motion for for fact uh it'll show you a little uh, animation or like gif i suppose if i'm being cool with the fellow kids a little gif of um of his engine working so on top it's basically four times instead of just being like double chugging now it's four chugging because if you were to take a circle and attach like a you know a tangent to that circle i don't know right it goes around and at the top at the you know, what's the best way to explain this? Ah, that's number one. As the circle goes around, if you were to attach, you know, imagine a ship's wheel, right? With all the little pegs on it. Yeah, and you grab onto one of those pegs, you'll go up and down, and you'll always be attached. But if you look at your arm, it's always going around like that. Now attach that arm going around to another piston, and that piston is going up and down, right? Sure. That's the best way to explain it. I don't know. Just Google it if you're really confused. It's the, it shows you a little picture, and it's basically just four times efficient. You're not going to Google it. Have you ever Googled anything? You should Google some stuff. If you've never Googled anything, you're an if anomaly? We, you're yeah. I don't, grandma? <laughs> four years later, he basically finished his engine. So this was in... Um, after 17... In, in 1780, basically... He finished his engine when he added a pressure gauge, which allowed for automatic control of the engine. So, basically, until this point, the only problem was that the engine could just infinitely go fast. Infinitely go. So, like, if you put too much steam in it, it would just be like, boom. Oh, and just, like, break immediately? Yeah. And so he was like, well, let's just put a pressure gauge so only this much pressure goes in. Fixed it. Anyway, his engine's now perfect, basically. Unless you put too much pressure in it, and then it's an explosive. Well, yeah. And and then it just becomes a car. So oh. his engine is basically what we use for modern engines nowadays, car engines. Uh, you know, they use the same design for steam engines and in, in, um, trains. What about like hybrid? Like if you want a Prius and it's like a hybrid gas electric. Half of it is a motor engine that's different. It's just like a motor. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and if you still haven't Googled that Heroes engine, it's basically like a motor. If you know what a motor looks like, then it's like that. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, don't worry about it. Yay. <laughs> so you pass. Yay. I love getting C's in this podcast. Yeah. Um, we're actually almost finished up. So Ooh. at the turn of the century in 1800, James Watt retired with a buttload of money because basically everybody bought his steam engine and we have the industrial revolution going on now thanks to that. Every factory, there's trains going around. There's uh, mines are now not filled with water. I guess that's cool. And then there's like cotton that's pretty mills good. and stuff that's doing not stuff. drowning in the darkness. It's yeah. kind of nice. And so his his engines basically everywhere because pre- previously Thomas Newcomen's engine was just like somewhat everywhere. It was just like in the mines. But now James Watt was like, I'm a everywhere man. And his business was allowed to like flourish, and they had tons of business partners, and then people bought more business. Yeah, groovy. So just went around, and now he's like a bajillionaire. Basically, if you were to consider inflation, yeah. it was like 76,000 pounds back in 1800. That's a schmeckle ton of pounds. Yeah. Consider that. Like 76,000 pounds is still a lot today. Like that would be like 
quadrillion amount of pounds. He bought like 20 estates and he was just like wandering around living in them. Yeah. It was crazy. Huh. Yeah. It was it was kind of fun. He uh he took his time traveling the countryside and in 1816, he took a trip on a paddle streamer, which is a very early steam engine boat. He died in 1819 in Handsworth at the age of 83. That's that pretty incredible? good. Yeah. That's great. I'll take it. And that is the end of the engines. But timeline. don't leave yet, because I would like to introduce a new segment that I'll do sometimes when I feel like it. What? <laughs> Called Eric Recommends a Podcast that isn't sponsored, so they're not sponsored. That's a new segment? I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I feel like if you're listening to our podcasts, then there's similar podcasts to ours that you might enjoy, or mm. just in general. Uh, the one I wanted to recommend this week is called the Mortified Nation Podcast. It's basically people... Oh, what a good way to segue from engineering to... Yeah, well, I just want to recommend it. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just saying. Fight me. <laughs> Mortified Guide Podcast, or I think it's a Mortified Nation Podcast, is... um, It was started like a couple of years ago, and basically what it is, it's adults reading their diaries from when they were kids basically talking about like going through puberty oh that's fun never mind it's a really cool concept that was about like murdering people no okay <laughs> we're good how would that mortified segue? like mortified guide okay it's just a bunch of adults reading their diary from when they were a kid and it's all, all right. this great embarrassing stuff so go check it out mortified guide just google it on itunes whatever you'll find the podcast it's awesome and uh you were listening to the narratives on soundcloud itunes google play Right? Yeah. That's what you're doing. And uh, our RSS feeds. (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening. Hopefully. If you're still listening, uh, stick around. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on that seashell that kind of sounds like the ocean. Yeah, you you can also. your ear, you can hear all our episodes. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty neat. We're working on that technology. It's really amazing. We're hoping to get there. Uh, (laughs) That would be awesome. Wow. Uh, And next week, or coming up this week, I guess, if you start on. The Canadian and American calendar, I believe, uh, maybe. The if Canadian you're on the calendar. Mayan calendar. So the Canadian calendar starts on Sunday of on every week. Otskowatl. The French and American calendar, I believe, starts on the Monday of every week. Anyway, if you're on the Canadian calendar, then this week, you can check, oh, I guess both weeks. It doesn't matter. This week, you can check out, um, this Wednesday, we're going to talk about Artemisia Gentile. She, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. She's an Italian artist in... Um, just after the Renaissance in Italy, we're going to talk about oh, her work. Oh, I thought work. we were doing the rando. That is the rando. Oh, I thought we were doing the other guy. No, no. This next, uh, yeah, his, the other guy that he, he just mentioned, that's Steve Irwin. Check back in uh, in two weeks, I guess. For that. After Artemisia Gentilci. And then after that, you can listen to the episode on the Iceman if you really want to know. That's the guy I was actually that. talking about. That's the Iceman. All right. Um, Coming up next in this series, we're going to talk about uh, a couple Adam things. We're going to move alongside to Discussing chemistry, the Adam, essentially. Not like different Adams. Adam Sandler. Yeah. No, that'll be fun, though. Anyway, we're going to talk about chemistry and its advancements, how it got from essentially just alchemy to um, nuclear physics almost. But it's not going to go that far because that's, that's a lot to put in 30 minutes. But yeah. yeah. You just 30 minutes? The, that's an hour. Yeah. This has been... 35 minutes so this was uh the engine the steam engine i will we'll keep moving on uh, on our way to the moon and how we got to the moon and the steam engine as you know very important technology boost so there you have it kids you now know a little bit more about the steam engine and the boys who worked on it tune in next week for eric's podcast review that is not sponsored oh yeah bye-bye that's a good segment i like this segment all right that's my favorite segment
And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, please. Or Twitter. Go on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Or Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I don't like Instagram. Go away. Okay. <laughs>